here we go. And welcome to episode 402 of the Pittsburgh Nerd Podcast. I'm Sean. And I'm Ian. And this is the only podcast that says... Just win, baby. <laughs> okay. Little Al Davis for us there. Yeah. And the Raiders. The legacy of the Raiders. I was watching um I, I, I do I bring Al up because uh the thing I the thing I watched today that stuck out, or not today but this week, was um ESPN did a thirty for thirty called Al Davis versus the NFL. Mm-hmm. That was really interesting. I saw it. I, I saw like a preview of it or something like that. Yeah, they, they normally do a really good job with those thirty for thirty series. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I, I thought this was very interesting because, um, like, I mean, we we were kind of remember Al Davis as like this, you know, dotting old man who you know. Wearing the the the, the sweatsuit, you know the white uh-huh. the white sweatsuit and and everything, and just like the shell of what he used to be. But like there was a time where like Al Davis was a genius, right? You know, and even going so far as to like the things that he wanted for the Raiders that the NFL was trying to stop him from doing ended up being what the NFL has become. Uh-huh. Like he had the foresight to like. Like when he wanted to move from Oakland to LA originally, mm-hmm. like the whole point of that was he wanted um a modern stadium with modern facilities. Yeah. At for at the time. And you know, the Coliseum was like, we'll we'll completely revamp the Coliseum because the Rams had just left. Like, we'll completely revamp the Coliseum for you to come. Uh-huh. And the NFL's like, you, you just can't pack up and leave Oakland. You know, you have no reason to leave Oakland. Oh, you mm-hmm. sell out in Oakland. You're making money in Oakland. This move makes no sense. And I was like, but they're going to give me what I want. Right. And, you know, stuff like like luxury boxes is, is still like to this day, like that, that's like revenue that's internal. Like you don't have to share that with the league. Right. So like he was like on top of that, like, you know, luxury boxes are what I need. Because that's more money in my pocket, and that makes me allows me to be more competitive. Mm. And uh, so it was, it was shit like that that he was like ahead of the curve on, and the NFL just kind of kept throwing roadblocks in his way. And like at the end of the documentary, because like they have these two actors that kind of look like Al Davis and Pete Rozelle, who were mm. like the main. They were like you know at war with each other, you know. And Pete Rozelle was the NFL commissioner at the time. And at the end of it, like the, the actor who plays Pete Rozelle, like, well, Al, you finally got your modern stadium, you know, because they're in Allegiant Field in, in Las Vegas now. Mm-hmm. And uh, Al's like, yeah, it took 40 damn years. <laughs> you know, which is like true. Like the NF, like it's funny, like, is, 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 like, as, as much as like the Raiders, like you think of the Raiders as like, Like not a crown jewel of the NFL, mm-hmm. but like that team that it's like you look at their history and you know they're successful. It's like 
the shitholes that they have played in over the years. Like Oakland Alameda Coliseum is a shithole. Yeah. Um, you know, the LA Coliseum was a shithole. You know, so it, it's like for the Raiders to finally be in a facility that is like, you know, and like, you know, and for it to be like all black looking like the fucking Death Star in the middle of the desert, it like, it make it's, it's so Raider, you know? Right. Um, but it, it was a really good documentary. I, I, if you're a fan of the NFL, um, I highly recommend it because it, it's, it's one of those things where it's a look at NFL history from a much different perspective. And that's the perspective of a guy who, like in many, many, many ways, ha- had the foresight to understand where the NFL needed to go and how it needed right. to grow, for better or worse. Right, right. You know. That was my, my, my big watch for the week. Really? Yeah. And you know, I watched WandaVision. Oh, oh! I was so good. My house erupted. When at the end? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so did I. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I thought that. I mean, I'm interested to see where that goes. Yeah, I thought the whole episode was good. Yeah. Especially when she brought that drone back. Oh yeah. She was like, go fuck yourself yeah. in your drone. You know what I mean? It, it was very, like, like Superman at the end of uh, Man of Steel. Yeah. Like, just leave me alone. I'm okay. You know? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it was badass. Oh, yeah. Like, when she loved walked how out. she turned those guns on them. Yeah. I loved it. It was like, there she is. Yeah. You know I what I mean? I even like that, you know, like, it's a hex. Like, finally, it's like, you know, it's a hex. I'm like, oh, it's so mm-hmm. badass. They brought that terminology in. But, yeah, like, when she walked out with the drone and every, like, that whole thing, like, just just leave me alone and no one will get hurt. And it's just like, oh, yeah. shit. I like how Vision's story is carrying on as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, he's putting the pieces of the puzzle together. Yeah. And she's trying to stop him from putting the pieces of the puzzle together. All right, but he's gonna—he's fi- already figured it out. I mean, yeah, in a way. In, in a way, he knows. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's pretty fucking cool. But when I saw him, I was like, and I didn't know because they did that on purpose, of course. You just saw the back of his head and the silver hair, and I was like, yeah, please let it be him. Please connect the two universes. Well, I I knew, like the rumor was that he he was going to be on the show, mm. but like my assumption was always it was going to be like just like a bl- like a blip, like a a cameo almost. I mean, it looks like right. he's going to be a, f- a full part of that episode. Like I, I, it was it's much more than I assumed it was going to be. Oh yeah, uh, he's playing like the Uncle Jesse character. It's it's funny. Yeah, in the eighties realm, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but damn, man, I, I was I was pumped. I was like, and this is gonna be this truly is the first tie-in, really, between X Men and 
Yeah. The Avengers. Right. Somehow she got them from another, you know, uh, an alternate universe or something. Right. Um, or part of her mind did that she didn't realize that she did do. But that's going to bring up the question to that other universe is like, where the fuck is Quicksilver? Right. Well, here's the question. I, I mean, and you're right. Like, I mean, it, I mean, hence the multiverse of madness. Right. Which apparently one is going to be a big part of. Right. But um, I, I guess the question I, I pose and a lot of people are posing is like one one doing this. But is she being prompted to do it or is this completely of her own volition? Right. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's well, the real question. And I mean, I mean, from the sound of things like this is taking place like a month after the events of Endgame. Right. You know. So. Yeah, I'm I'm like. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of pe- people speculating that, you know, she's she's doing this, but. You know, the, the Catherine Hahn character is apparently somebody else who's really behind everything. Okay. You know, that's what I've, I've heard speculation about. And yeah. I don't know. I, I kind of, in a way, I kind of hope it's not the case. I, I hope it's her own madness. I, I hope it's her own sorrow that, 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 that has caused this. Like, there's no other villain. Wanda's the villain. Right, right, right. You know. I don't know, but I'm pretty pumped about it. <laughs> yeah. I am. Uh, the whole... Um, I don't know. The whole introduction of Quicksilver is just huge. Yeah. To what, you know... I mean, it's huge, and he had a baby step. I mean, to yeah. try to tie it in. You know what I mean? Right. But um, I love when she said they, she recasted... Yeah, Yeah. it's so good. That's one of those things. Like, I hope Marvel listens to the fans and gives us like, because like the everybody loves um, Agent Wong and Darcy. Yeah, like they love those two characters, and like. The, the the fans are all like, you know, we'd, we'd love to see, like, an X-Files type show with those two. Yeah. But set in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That'd be cool, huh? Yeah. Like, they go around looking up, like, the oddball shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, I'd watch it. <laughs> well, so, oh, so would I. I mean, because, I mean, both those actors are amazing. I mean. Yeah. You know, they, they do a very good job, but, I mean. You know, it, it would be like a fun kind of departure from regular Marvel stuff. Right. You know, and being it, it being in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you know, so you can have enhanced beings, you know. It could be what Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. didn't live up to being. Right. In a way, and, uh, like these these are right. normal people investigating extraordinary people. Right, right. You know, I like how he's flipped. Like, uh, 
the agent has become more compassionate to not more compassionate, but he seems more understanding, I guess. Of Wanda, I guess. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like he's more on the line of with Darcy, you know what I mean? Than he is with his own stringent you know what I mean, rules. Right. For some reason. It's strange. Because remember how stringent he was in Ant Man. Right, but he, he he was enforcing a stay at home order. Right, right. I mean, I, I think he had compassion for for him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's even like that moment, and it's funny, like it comes up in the the last episode, you know, where he's like, you know, how'd you make the car disappear? Can you show me that? <laughs> you know, and like later on in in that in that movie, he's like he's watching the I, I can't and it, and in the last not this pat this pat the you know the episode before. When he walks up to Monica Rambo, he makes the he makes his card appear. Like you know, it's like he learned how to do that. Yeah, it's yeah. An odd I thought that was thing. A, yeah, yeah. I thought that was a cool little little, little thing too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I think he was compassionate towards Scott. Yeah, I guess I guess so. He, I guess he, didn't, he didn't want to bust Scott. He wanted Scott to get out, but he was doing his job. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And. So, like, at the end of it, it wasn't like, oh, you foiled me again, Scott. You know, no, it was like, oh, okay. You got away with it. You know. <laughs> so, it's, it's, it is one of, the, it's one of those things where um, I think that character always had the compassion you're talking about. It's just it's being, it's, you're able to show a little bit more in this situation because it's like, boy, this situation is fucked up. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know. Man, I feel like like you know like especially when you like when they're talking to Monica Rambeau, and she's like you know you, you, she's in my head and all you feel is a sadness and despair. It's like well, well for the rest of the world it's been five years since Vision was killed. For her it's only been three weeks. Right, right, right. You know. Yeah, and it's I. I don't know. It was just such a dumb move by that dude to send in a fucking missile. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like it was such a dumb move. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's stupid. Like is the director I mean, of the sword really that stupid? Yeah. I mean, Wanda could have wiped them out. Yeah. In an instant. With snapping her finger. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like what? What are you doing? <laughs> And not only that, but she's after, you know, he was going to destroy the kids as well. I mean, yeah, you probably deserve to die for that one. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So it was pretty interesting. It, ha- it was. It, it's, and I mean, this show has been extraordinarily well done. Oh, yeah. Like, I know you, I mean, you kind of had miss, miss, I don't want to say misgivings, but you were kind of keeping your expectations low. I did, and uh, I, I think it's 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 been. I don't want to say Mandalorian level, good, but no, it's, it's up there. Yeah, it's it's been really good. Yeah. I'm very impressed with the the story that they're telling. Yeah, I, it's just well put together. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, it's, I, I can't wait. It was very it. thought out. It yeah. was very thought out. It's it wasn't rushed. It seems it was very. There's definitely a plan in place for this. Right. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm liking everything I'm seeing from it. Yeah, like the first three episodes were a slow burn. Right. You know, and like I said, like I spent three episodes just trying to put the clues together. Right. You know, everybody else is like, I don't get it. I don't, this doesn't make any sense. We said this is a superhero show. Shut, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> Let the show develop. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to get what you want. You just got to wait for it a little bit. You know what I mean? And we may not get what, I mean, it's not necessary that that's what I want. I just like the story that's being told. And it's just really good. You know what yeah. I mean? We're seeing a little bit more now, of course, than we saw in the beginning. But you have to let that story develop. Right. <clears throat> and it's not painstakingly slow either. I mean, it's developing at a good speed. It's not yeah. Not too fast, not too slow. It's just right, you know? Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Also, are, are you are you caught up on the stand? No. Okay. Not to say that I've abandoned it, but I just kind of let it go. Yeah, a little bit because I started watching Doom Patrol, and then I got <laughs> I got up to the uh I got up to the Sex Patrol one. Okay. Yeah. That was like holy hell. Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know this was in DC's bank here. No, no. It must have been buried in the vaults. There was a lot of shit in that episode. I'm like, um, I'm not familiar with any of this at all. <laughs> right. I mean, this must have been behind a beaded curtain. <laughs> 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 Kids aren't buying this comic. DC After Dark. DC Mature. Yeah. I'm just like, holy hell. Um, but I love the freaking episode. Yeah. Episode was fantastic. Yeah. Um, it was just, I don't know how to describe it. It was more like a shock to the system. Yeah. I was kind of like, whoa. Like, mostly with the ghosts. Oh, I'm, yeah. And, and the, you know, the demon. Yeah. That was the real shocker of the whole thing for me. It wasn't. I thought it was cool. I thought the whole getting what's his name back, the broke the broke broken brick and I thought that was really neat and Yeah. That whole it's really deep. I mean like it may there's many layers to each episode. Yeah. Which I like. Yeah. Um you know, because there's each one of them have their ongoing stories. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I mean like especially when Rita was like nose to the wall. I'm like yeah. Damn, this is really happening? Yeah. I mean, like, that dude's really giving birth? Did she just shove that baby up that demon's ass? <laughs> like, I was like, this is good stuff. And I love the stuff with uh, Jane and her mind. I, I thought that oh, yeah. really good writing. Yeah. And I just... They created that whole universe within her mind, which I was just, this is fantastic. Yeah. And then you saw all the personalities, you know yeah, what I mean? Just, yeah, the, the way the underground's constructed and everything, yeah. Yeah, just really good. I'm just really impressed. 
Yeah. So I watched that. And I think I'm up to... Um, yeah, and back to that episode. I mean, how bizarre it was. It was actually a really good episode. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. Just fantastic. Um, and then I got up to where... I love when Larry was dancing too. I thought that was good too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Poor Larry. I know. And I got up to the, I think the last episode I watched is when Larry goes to see his son. Yeah. And that's where, that's where I left off, which was heartbreaking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty good. I love that freaking show. Yeah. Yeah, it's really well done. It's it's odd, but it's a good odd. Yeah. I mean, it was weird. Don't get me wrong. The whole thing was. And it, it is it is a strange show. Um, but it's just so good. Yeah. The whole cop that whole cop scenario that the robot was thinking up between him and Cyborg was fucking great too. Yeah. Fucking great. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, well, I'll I'll tell you now. The stand has just been meh. I know. I I if I felt the same way. That's why I kind of like ditched it. Yeah. Like I I, I fell behind a couple episodes, and I was like, I gotta catch back up. And it's just been meh. Yeah. Like I, and I hate saying that, like, because like, there are other things that CBS All Access has done, like with Star Trek, it's been like fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. And this was just, oh. I guess the next week is the the the, the finale, and uh... <laughs> well, then you can bury it, put it to bed. Yeah, it's gonna be. It is what it is, I guess. You know. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait for season two of Picard. Right. You know. And not to go back to the Doom Patrol again, but I think this is one of Brendan Fraser's best best things he's done. Oh, yeah, beyond a shadow of a doubt. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. I, I, I like Brendan Fraser. But that stuff get, I mean, it gets deep when he gets into his daughter, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's just like, wow, this is good. But anyway, so that's a yeah. side. I just, I think it's one of the best things he's ever done. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I agree. Like, I, especially like, like the, the season one finale where, you know, um, yeah, they were given the happy ending. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they, they were each had the opportunity to take the happy ending. Right. And, like, Brendan Fraser's like, I'm just right back fucking the nanny. Right. I'm, you know, I'm garbage. Like, I, I, you know, there is no happy ending, because I'm just going to, this is, this is what I'm going to do. I'm just going to end up fucking the nanny again. Yeah. You know, I can't fix it. So I might as well just be, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was really, I got, that was like, like all the others, like, 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 I mean, Larry's was like, you know, again, like, 
there is no happy ending because I can't be who I am, but also I've already fucked up these people enough. Right, right. Like the stay would like just like be wrong. Right. You know, it was, it was shit like that that was like it was really well done. That it, like is is you know like these characters are realizing just how fucked up they are. <laughs> right. You know, in their own each in their own way. <laughs> right. You know. So. I like the the. Uh... I like the little girl too. I, I I'm very interested in that character. You know what I mean? Yeah, like the whole thing with the candle maker. Like was like interesting. Like I was like, oh, what exactly? Like you know, she has her imaginary friends, and like one's the giant spider. I was like, oh, I can do it with the giant spider. I like <laughs> that spider. You know, I know, but I was like, oh, mm, mm. Yeah. Uh, but um, like the rest of it was like you know interesting. Like, but the candle maker was like you know you're like oh shit and like even he was like she's like you sound different now and he's like that's because you're you're growing up and so am I. I yeah. Like, yeah. Oh shit. Mm. <laughs> right. Okay. You know what I, I really like too is that um the makeup on uh. Uh, the Jack the Ripper kind of guy. Oh, yeah. I forget his name. I don't know if he was in the comics or not. I don't know either. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, I love that makeup. Yeah. Uh, that was really good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Yeah. Moving forward. Moving forward, so... I, I hate to break this to people. This is this is gonna be probably a, a sports heavy show. <laughs> okay. Well, tomorrow's the Super Bowl. You know. Yeah. Super Bowl forty five. Tampa Bay Buccaneers with the greatest quarterback of all time, Tom Brady. Mm. Kansas City Chiefs with quite possibly the next greatest quarterback of all time, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> you know, like I mean, what more could you ask for in a game? Like that that right there. I mean it's like it's like Larry Bird and Michael Jordan. Yeah. You know. Like it like it, Tom Brady's gonna say the greatest of all time, but he does it in a way that's very workmanlike and like, you know, he just he sits back, he sits in the pocket, he throws the ball, gets the ball out in time. Like he you know, it's old fashioned style of football, like Larry Bird was. And here comes Mahomes rolling out of the pocket, you know, no, no look passes to to the opposite side <laughs> of the field, you know, all the shit that he does is you're just like, how the fuck does he do? Like, you know, throwing off his back foot for 40 yards. You're like, who is this guy? Like, I mean, it, it's like, you know, it, it's two completely different styles of football, but they both are extraordinarily effective. Right. You know, it's like Patrick Mahomes has, like Tom Brady doesn't have talent. He has work ethic. Patrick Mahomes, don't get me wrong, he has work ethic, but he is extraordinarily talented. Right. Like, he may be the best quarterback I've ever seen. 
<laughs> really? Really. Like, I mean, I, 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 and I say, I don't say that like easily, like, but watching him play and understanding the evolution of the game from where it was even 20 years ago when Brady won his first Super Bowl to where it is now. And the style of offense he he plays, it, it, you're just like, this is, un- I can't believe I'm watching what I'm watching. Yeah. I mean, the talent around <laughs> him helps. Like Kelsey, um, the one wide receiver, the one, the one wide receiver he's got, uh, I can't remember his name. Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's not even fair. <laughs> Like it's not like the the guy. The, he's called the cheetah for a reason. I mean, because he he's that fucking fast. Right. Like you watch him like run in a straight line, and you can't keep like even with a, a fifteen yard cushion, you can't keep up with him. Right. Right. You know he's gonna blow past you. <laughs> you know I mean and it's. It's like the weapons always help. Like a, a great quarterback is only as good as the weapons around them. You know, but it's just, it's, it, it's, it's amazing to watch like him play. And it's just like, I, I cannot believe he is like, I'm seeing a talent like that. Right. Right. You know, and you know, like everyone talks about, well, was he, how close are you going to come to breaking Brady's records? He probably, probably won't because you probably won't play as long. Right. Like these younger players, like they have this inkling of like, yeah, I'm going to get in, I'm going to get paid, I'm going to get out. Yeah. You know. Um. So he he mainly played till he's like you know 33. Right. You know. I I don't I don't I think some of these younger players are just like you know I I don't have I don't need to be in this league for 20 years. I don't need to be in the league for 17 years. Like, you know, 10's good. Yeah. You know, and, um, but I, I'm just, I'm looking forward to the game because, because of, I think it's just going to be a, one of the better games you see at this level. Yeah. Who do you like? I, I I'm 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 taking Kansas City to win, but I would not be surprised if it's Tampa Bay. Yeah. Just because like I I think both teams are just that equal on both sides of the ball. Yeah. And um. You think Casey's defense can stop Brady? Doesn't yeah. matter who he's throwing to. No, I I, I think Kansas City's going to get them get them the right. ball. I think Kansas City's defense is good enough. Like it's that it's that weird thing with like like you look at the Steeler defense, and that is a killer defense that will hold you down. Yeah. Kansas City's defense doesn't have to be that good. You know, they just need to be good enough. Yeah. They they need to get two or three stops. That's it. Yeah. You know, and that, and because the guy on the other side, Mahomes, is that good. Yeah. You know, so it's it's like a situation where like you get those two or three key stops, or like you hold them to a field goal, even. Right. You know that that's that's you know 
Patrick <clears> Mahomes <throat> is going to turn around and turn that into a touchdown. Yeah. You know, so it, it's. I mean, the the only thing that I think is going to stop Kansas like Kansas City from winning the game is their offensive line, which is pretty banged up. Uh, they lost a key starter in the the AFC Championship game um, with an Achilles tendon, and uh, mm-hmm. you know a few of the other guys are you know it's been a little bit of a mix and match for them, and uh, Tampa Bay's defensive line is a type of defensive line that will get after you and, and cause problems. So it, the question is going to become, you know, are they able to contain Mahomes and keep him in the pocket so they can get the sack? Yeah. Cause if they can, then you're going to cause problems for Kansas city. If they, if they can, if they, if he ends up getting outside the pocket, you're even worse trouble because he will get the ball down the fucking field, you know? Right, so right. it's great to get pressure, but with a quarterback like him, that, that pressure has to keep him in the pocket because unlike other quarterbacks, other athletic quarterbacks, running quarterbacks, like once they break the pocket, they're looking to run the ball. Patrick Mahomes is still looking to throw it. And on yeah. the run, he'll put it 40 yards on a dime. Yeah. You know? So like, that's what I mean. Like, like, He's even more dangerous because while other quarterbacks may pick up 10 yards, he's looking to get 40 or 50. Right, right. You know, he's looking, he's still looking down the field. He, you know, his his eyes don't drop. He's still looking, looking for somebody to throw the ball to once he breaks contain. Yeah. You know, where like Lamar Jackson, the second he breaks contain, that ball's getting tucked. Yeah. You know, he's not looking to throw the ball down the field. He's looking, you know, I'll just run it. <laughs> you know. Which I, I understand when you're you're the best athlete on the field, that's what you do. But Patrick Mahomes is just, you know, like I said, like, you know, he'll find the open man. Yeah. And if he's not open, he just might force it in anyway because he's that damn good. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. What time is it on? I think it's kickoff is at six twenty or something. Okay. Something like that. Yeah. You got any plans for it? Nah, just watch it here. Yeah, oh, that's all I'm doing. But, you know, I'm going to have some uh, some chili cheese nachos. <laughs> you bought all the stuff, huh? Oh, I, I got I bought the nachos. I got uh, you know, the, the, the canned Hormel chili. Nice. Yeah. And I, I got the cheese for on top oh yeah i'm I'm ready <laughs> i even told nance it's like funny like i was out today and uh it was you know it was pretty busy out in the world <laughs> but yeah. um, but you know it's because people are like stocking up for the super bowl and shit and it's like you know other people are buying liquor and boot and and beer i bought an extra half gallon of milk for the super bowl nice yeah you know that's how I'm going to spend the Super Bowl. Kick back, nice big tall glass of milk. Mm. <laughs> chili and cheese. Chili, chili cheese nachos. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. Got my hand I, I today. Nice. 
Yeah. I'm not doing anything out of the ordinary. I'm just watching the game. Yeah. They're calling this a super spreader event. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I get that. Yeah. I, I completely get that. Like, it was funny. Like, I was watching, I don't even know what country it was. Like, but it, it was a couple of different highlights on, like, Sports Center. It was like uh-huh. European soccer. You know, there's nobody in those fucking stands still. No. No. In Europe, you know. Here in the States, we're going to have 25,000 people at the Super Bowl. (laughs) (laughs) I know. You know. (laughs) We're a bunch of fucking assholes. (laughs) Now, I do know, like, a lot of those people are supposed, like, it's, I know a lot of those seats are supposed to be going to vaccinated frontline workers. As like a, uh, the NFL is a, from, from the NFL is a thank you. Yeah. So like, I, I, that makes a little bit of sense, but still, I mean, I know. <laughs> well, whatever. We are a bunch of assholes. <laughs> <laughs> and the worst part is like, like when they have to like be like, okay, people, please, please. Please do not have a Super Bowl party. You know. Like, <laughs> don't you tell me what to do. I know. I know. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Yeah. But still, I, I, I was, I'm, I'm sure in, in two weeks we'll be talking about the, the massive spike in once again. Right. Something we did. Yeah. <laughs> so wh- while we're talking in football, this is one of those things I-, I found very interesting. Okay. This is Super Bowl 45, or 55, excuse me. This would mark the 10-year anniversary of the last time your Pittsburgh Steelers were in the Super Bowl. It would also mark the last time the Green Bay Packers were in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Now, interestingly, the Packers and the Steelers have two of what are considered one of the best quarterbacks of this generation. Right. Rodgers, probably in the top top two or three. Roethlisberger in that, that top five or so. And I just think to myself, like, so it's been 10 years since either of these quarterbacks have been in a, in a Super Bowl. Since either of these teams have been in a Super Bowl. Who had the bigger waste of talent? Okay. Okay. Because here, here, here's the stats. Okay. The Packers have been to the playoffs eight times since Super Bowl 45. Okay. In those... Eight playoff appearances, they are seven and eight. Okay. Appearing in the NFC title game three times. Mm-hmm. Okay. The Steelers have been to the playoffs six times in this 10 year period with a record of three and six and one AFC championship appearance. Yeah. 
so like in a way you sit there and you say well Ben's been the three Super Bowls he won two of them but over the last 10 years you've only come close to going back one time right you know at least Rodgers can say he's played in three NFC title games since then yeah you know I guess my, my like my question to you is like who who which team do you look at and say somehow you fucked up bad <laughs> right I I think the Steelers are with you think so yeah I mean with the talent they had and the coaches and they should have been a couple more times than what they were in in Ben's era you know what I mean. Well, since right. then, since they, since ten years. I mean, I mean, right. I mean, you're you're right because I I think you're right because you also look at there was a period of time where they had what was considered the best running back in the NFL, right? In Le'Veon Bell, uh-huh. and the best wide receiver in, in the NFL, in Antonio Brown, right? You know, I mean, you still couldn't get it done, right? And you, the closest you came was getting blown out by the Patriots in the in the AFC Championship game. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah. That's coaching. Yeah. Well, I, I agree with you to a certain extent. I mean, like, you can almost, like, it's funny because, like, you can make excuses for Rodgers. People do of, like, well, he hasn't, they haven't drafted a, a top wide, like, a number a number one pick wide receiver in, like, 15 years. Well, you threw the Steelers. Yeah. You know, Brown was a fifth round draft pick. Right. Yeah. You know, Le'Veon Bell was a second round draft pick. Right. Um, you know, you look at the wide receivers over the years, you know, Juju was a second round draft pick. Um, you know, some of these guys, you know, they, they draft wide receivers late and develop them with, you know, and they do it very well. Right. Um, so like to me that argument holds no water because especially in the past 10 years the wide receiver drafts have been very very deep and you can find high quality wide receivers in the mid to late rounds right where at you know so you know I, and you look at the Steelers and you say like during the Brown Bell Ben era the defense Particularly the secondary is what was really lacking. Right. Agreed. Like, you know, other than Palomalu for a long time, they like, Yeah. They had dronies. They they were wasting first round draft picks on guys that were complete and total busts. Right. Lake was good. Carnell Lake? Oh, he was all right. He played in like the nineties, dude. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. He, he played nice. in the Super Bowl thirty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, he was right in front of Bradshaw. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Rod Woodson was pretty good too, you know. Yeah. I, I can't think of uh, I can't think of anybody from that era. Right, because they were back like, there. They were bums. Right. Like, the, the honest, like, the 
you look if you looked at the problems the Steelers had at that time, like yet yet they had a pretty good defensive line. The linebackers were 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 okay. You know, uh, until you like until you lost like until you got Shazier, right? Like you didn't have like that linebacking core was just okay. Yeah. And now I mean the linebacking core is phenomenal with with you know um Watt Dupree even though he's gonna be gone. Yeah. Like you know. Devin Bush, we we saw as a stud. I mean, and plus they've got guys that are gonna like Highsmith and Spillane. I mean, they've got guys that are gonna be stepping up. Yeah, they've got guys that can play at that position. Like it was surprising, like how good that linebacking core stayed, especially after the uh, the loss of Devin Bush. Because I told you, like Devin Bush is a beast, sideline right. to sideline, and Robert Spillane stepped up, and like. Like that hit at the goal line on Derrick Henry. Yeah. Like you talk about a signature play. Like that was a beast of a hit. Right. You know. So but overall, like I I, I look at over the past ten years, other than the like the past two or three where the defense finally came together and they got that secondary finally straightened out. Right. Man, that, that's that that secondary was bad. Yeah. Like I bl- I, I you could blame the offense all you want, and 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 you can because I mean you know like the second New England showed up on your radar like like you know they turtled, oh, God. You know, especially in that AFC Championship game, but at the same time that defense was getting smoked by good teams. Yeah, you know there, there's a reason why they only went to the playoffs six times. There's a reason why they missed the playoffs four times. That defense was bad at times. Right, right. You know. Um, you know, and the, 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 the flip side of that though, is I, I look at the, the Packers, their defenses weren't very good either. Yeah. It's, it's a like, you know, it's like I said earlier, the chief's defense is good enough. Right. You know, it's good enough to get the stops when you need it. Neither of these defenses for the Packers or the Steelers over this, the past 10-year period, at least for the Steelers up until recently, they, they weren't good enough to make that, that stop when you needed it. Right, right. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like we – I don't know. Maybe that's just because they're a hometown team, but I, I just feel like they should have gotten further than what, what they did. I feel the same way with the Penguins, too. I feel that I feel that the Penguins should have had like a dynasty like the Oilers did with I, with I, the talent that they had. I definitely think between the the Stanley Cup run against Detroit and then the time that they go back to back. Yeah. Like that that time period in between like a 10-year period essentially. Right. Like, yeah, you're right. Like that those are wasted years. Yeah, I just, I just could never, I don't know, I just could never figure that out. You know what I mean? Because they've I mean, kept talent coming in. It hasn't been like, um, I mean, Crosby missed like a year and a half. Yeah, 
But I mean, yeah, but Malkin could have stepped up and. Right. I mean, there was that one year. Like, they played Philadelphia in the first round, and, like, I think they lost in five. And, like, in four of the five, like, the four losses, they were, like, you know, starting fights. I mean, it, it was, like, embarrassing to watch. Yeah, it was, I like, remember it wasn't that. the Penguins. You know, I was like, uh-uh. who, who, who? Did Philadelphia and Pittsburgh switch uniforms? <laughs> right. that, that's not the Penguins I know, you know. Nah. It was, like, embarrassing. And, I mean, like, that, so there are times, like, I, I look at, like, the Penguins and say like you know yeah yeah there's a few years there where they should have went a lot deeper and you know they did no but I mean they've always had talent coming in and out it's not like they never had talent on that team do you know what I mean right. it wasn't I mean during those ten years we've had some pretty good players coming through so I don't know it's just a matter of what you do with them I guess is you know. I also think for some reason, and I don't know why, for for 30 years now, it seems like if you get a player who comes to Pittsburgh, no matter what their reputation is, all of a sudden they think they're a goal scorer. Yeah. Like, it, like you bring in a guy because he's a gritty guy, he's going to get in the corners, he's going to get his nose dirty, he's going to get in front of the net, and all of a sudden with the Penguins, he's he's like, you know, Taking shots from, you know, yeah. blue line and shit. You know, what the fuck is this guy doing? That's not what we brought him in for. Right. You know, so I, I think like, like for some reason, like guys like think like all of a sudden, like, like the Pittsburgh ice is going to turn them into goal scorers. And the reality is, no, we brought you in here to do the dirty work. So the guys who are the goal scorers could get that done. Yeah. One guy that comes to mind that was kind of like that was Rutu. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They brought yeah. Rutu in just to beat some ass. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he was meant to be a third or fourth liner who, who enforcer. Yeah, who who got his nose dirty, that did the dirty work, got in the corners, yeah. got in front of the goal, you know, and he all of a sudden he he's like, you know, tapping his stick from the circle to get the you know, like what what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> right. Should be laying someone to bed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I hear you. Yeah. But I just feel like it's a very similar situation with the Penguins. No, I, I agree with you. Like, you know, I, I, I certainly understand your, your point. Like, you know, you do. You wonder, like, you know, if Crosby didn't have the neck problems that he had and had that misdiagnosed for God knows how long. Until they figured right. out it was a neck problem, not a concussion issue. Yeah, yeah. Um, like you got to wonder, like you know, could they have had another cup or two? Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Three cup runs is impressive. Right. You know, like you have three cups on your resume. That's you know, that puts you up there. Oh yeah, especially the back to back. That's hard. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean, and especially since it hadn't been done in twenty years. Yeah, but you know, back to back like that, it's like you never stop playing hockey. Yeah, I mean, hockey season ends, and before you know it, you're back in. Yeah, you're back you, you, playing you, hockey again. You finish in June, and, and you're you're back in camp in August. <laughs> right. You know. So I mean, like you played hockey for two years, pretty much, in a sense. Yeah. 
So that's tough. And they were talking about the three peat. I was like, it ain't happening. Yeah, I'll hear that happening. <laughs> you know. No. I mean they're just they're it's they're almost like I mean you could see it. They're they're almost too tired to play. Yeah. So Yeah, I, I, that, and that team got to the second round. I know. I'm pretty sure. So yeah. it's like I was like, wow, that's impressive. You know. Yeah. I mean, the team that should have gone for the three peat. That 93 Penguin team. Yeah. Lost to the island. That, that loss to the islanders like sticks in my craw. I know. I know. Like it, that almost, that, if it wasn't for the fact that they had won back-to-back already, like that would probably rank right up there with the Francisco Cabrera incident in, in the, the 92 <laughs> NLCS. You know? Right. As like heartbreaking moments that you're just like, I can't believe that fucking happened. Right. I mean, it's Scotty Reynolds going, you know, from one end of the court to the other against Pitt with no time on the clock and no, like, everybody's afraid to touch him because they, they don't want to foul. Right. Oh. Gotcha. One last interesting thing, and I know we're not a video game podcast, far <laughs> from it. Mm-hmm. But um, EA Sports announced that in 2022 they'll be bringing back the um, college football video game. Okay. Now, now it is not NCAA college football; it is just college football. Okay. Which is interesting. So, I, for those who don't know, like EA Sports used to make an NCAA college football and basketball game, right. two, two separate games. Um, Ed O'Bannon, who played for UCLA, filed a lawsuit against EA Sports and the NCAA. Right. For likeness violation. Wow. As a college athlete, they were not legally allowed to use your name. They used everything but. <laughs> like, right. essentially, like, if it was like, like, Ed, for, like with Ed O'Bannon, it was like, you know, he was number 10. He played basketball for, for UCLA. So, it like, number 10 was... Six foot nine, he, he played. He was a point guard. You know, it, it was like it was clearly like everything was set up that this was Ed O'Bannon, except for the fact they couldn't use his name. Right. Um, and even like the character, like the character likeness looked a little bit like Ed O'Bannon. You know, so it yeah. was like clearly this is who it's supposed to be. And and, and they did they did this for years with both basketball and football. Um, but it was never like the player's name. It was always like you know. 
point guard number 10 or like in football it, it would be like it would just be like you know number 25 would right. you know be the, the player's name and then like you could actually go in and you could fill in the rosters yourself so Ed O'Bannon filed a lawsuit against the NCAA and EA Sports and won and they had to pay like 40 million dollars out to these athletes for using their likeness in right. this game so that shit got shut the fuck down. Right, right. Like, you know, they are not doing that anymore. Well, and there was a huge outcry because there were a lot of fans of those games. Um, they're different from Madden. They, they had, um, like, in their dynasty modes, like, you, you, you didn't draft players. You, did, you had to go recruit players. You know, and this so it had, it was a different feel than a Madden game. And even some of the... The in-game stuff was different from Madden because college football is a completely different animal. Like, so you could like, if you're playing against a small school, and you're Michigan, and you're playing in Michigan, well, that guy across from you, even though he may be highly rated, can still become much more intimidated because you're playing in the big house. Right. Yeah. You know, so there were like all these aspects of it that they kind of added in there, which actually made it an interesting game. And different from, you know, so it wasn't just a clone of Madden where you just put in the college football. It was a, a, a much different game with a lot of different, from a lot of different aspects. Um, so there were a lot of fans of, of that franchise. And so for it to go away was very disappointing. So EA announces, you know, co- college football is coming back. Right. On NCAA, they have not reached an agreement with the NCAA, but what's an in- that interesting thing of we don't have to negotiate with the NCAA, we can just negotiate with the conferences. I see. So I, I'm I'm sure one of the workarounds is going to be you're not going to see like they're gonna they're they're gonna do the best they can to replicate a team's true power quote unquote like yeah. you know you know what i mean like this team is this damn good but like everything is gonna be like you know it, if it's trevor lawrence at quarterback for for clemson you know it's the quarterback is not gonna be number 16 he's probably gonna be number 10 you know what i mean they'll they'll do everything they can to make it as vastly different as possible right um to avoid this whole likeness stuff the other side of that though is the Supreme Court has ruled that you can pay players for their likeness. No. Right. You know, so there may be a possibility that this is a way to quote unquote pay players now. Right. By giving them a bit of a kickback from this college football game. Right. It's, kind of um, cool, it's, it's interesting, but it's like an interesting development because like, like you can negotiate with the conferences individually, which is like how, like, you know, the um, the college football playoff. I mean, that's not sanctioned by the NCAA. Like, nothing in college football is sanctioned by the NCAA. NCAA is nothing more than just an oversight. Right. Like, they just make sure you're not breaking the rules. Yeah. Like unlike college basketball, like the tournament is is sanctioned by the NCAA. And even like in like division two and division three college football, 
those playoffs are sanctioned by the NCAA and, and, and officiated by them. You know, yeah. call, you know, major college football is like, you know, fuck you. We're going to do things our own way, you know? Right. And it becomes this interesting thing of like, okay, so like what, so you get the power five in, how many other conferences are you like, are you looking to get? Like right. after the power five, because like one of the, the fun things of like the, the original college football thing was taking a small school and building it into a powerhouse. Right. You know, you, you see, so you, you go and you take an old dominion or you take rice or, you know, BYU, like one of these schools that like, you know, they, they play in the lesser conferences or, or whatever. And, and you build them into like, you know, all of a sudden they're the new Alabama because you've built them, you know, through recruiting and everything else. And, um, you know, so like, what's the disparity of like, okay, the power five conferences are getting paid X amount of dollars and, you know, the Mac is getting Y amount of dollars. Right. You know, because as long as we get the power five, who cares? Right. Yeah, it's you know, interesting. It is. It, it, it's it's an interesting, you know, can of worms to open. I think. Yeah. Be, just just because, <clears throat> like it once again, it shows like who like the haves and the have-nots of college football. Right. You know, yeah, it's great. To, and even and even then, like, I mean, like college football is so fucked. <laughs> like you, you would think it wouldn't be. Like it should be like a, a relatively level playing field. You would think, like, for a coach to walk into a player's living room, sit down with his parents, and say, "I think you should come to Pitt." You know. And uh, these are the reasons why academically, this is what we have to offer. This is, you know, look, this is our program. This, you know, but I mean, let's face facts. Unless you're one of five or six teams, right? You are never gonna see those fucking playoffs. <laughs> right, right, right. Honestly. Yeah. And I mean, like, with a few exceptions, like if. if if USC could find a way to come back to prominence, like, I mean, they, they would be like welcomed with open arms, like, hey, USC, welcome to the party. We've missed you. Come in, let's give you a hug. You know, yeah. but like any other Pac 12, <clears throat> Pac 12 team, they can give a fuck about it. Yeah. You know, um, in the ACC, it's the same thing. I mean, it, you know, maybe like, you know, if Florida State can find a way to come make a comeback, they'd be like, Florida State, we've missed you. Come here, give us a hug. You know, but like Pitt, they don't give a fuck about. Nah. Virginia, you know, right. Wake Forest. Not, not, these are schools that it's like, no, we don't care if you ever come. You know, <laughs> you're, you're the nerds. Stay away. Mm. You know, but that's that. And I mean, it's the same in all the conferences. Like, you know, we, we, you know, like you look at like Wisconsin, 
Okay. Like Wisconsin's trying so hard. Right. So hard. They, they, they give everything they have and they, they just can't break through the door. But more importantly, nobody wants them to break through the door. Right, right. Yeah. You know, we'll just take Ohio State. Yeah. If Michigan can figure shit out, maybe we'll take Michigan. But, you know, they got to figure their shit out. But Wisconsin, no, 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 no. I understand you've got one loss, but that one loss was to Ohio State. <laughs> right. You know, it's like, the fuck do we got to do to get in? You know, I mean, yeah. I mean, and, and even then, like, you look at a team like the Cincinnati Bearcats this year, like, undefeated. Yeah. You know, and you said, and the, 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 they were in the, the AAC, the former Big East. Yeah. And it was like, <laughs> what does a team got to do? Like, like, it was just like, the teams at the top were like, you know, eh, maybe we don't know. We don't. And here's Cincinnati, and they're like, ah, no, we can't invite you. <laughs> you know, right. we're sorry. We're, we're you're, you're you're just not good enough. Right, right. Which is but not... Notre Dame. Come on in, join the party. Water's great. <laughs> right. You know, you got destroyed by Clemson, but come on in anyway. Right. Like it, it is. It, it's such a a fucked up system. You think they want? Uh, you think they'd want a team like Cincinnati too, just for rating wise? I mean, you know what I mean? Like, here's this team that you know. Well, okay. It could be like, an upset here. You know what I mean? Here's here's the prime example of how how badly they don't want teams like this to be involved. I mean, if you go back, if you go in the way back machine to the one time Pitt went to a BCS bowl game. Now I will tell you, I will tell you Pitt did not deserve to be in that game. Okay. okay. Even though they won the big East, it, it, it was the, the flimsiest of records. It, it, it they, they did, they were not, good enough to be in that game i i will flat out tell you as a pit fan they did not deserve they should have said we understand you won the big east and the big east is part of the beast yes but no we can't take you right like that's what that should have happened but they have to they take they have to take pit because they pit won the big east that year they put pit in the uh the fiesta bowl against undefeated utah all right because they didn't want Utah to face anybody of note. Okay. So now you put Utah against Pitt, who shouldn't have been in the BCS bowl game. Utah blows out Pitt, and the thing, and people are like, "Well, maybe Utah should have played somebody else." And the thing is, eh, well, no, not really. <laughs> they, they got Pitt. They should be happy. Right, right. You know, and I mean, and that's the type of thing, like you know. They just don't want those teams coming to the, coming to the dance, right? Because those teams don't make money. Yeah. You know, it's Bama, it's Clemson, it's Ohio State, it's Notre Dame. It, it you know it, it's it's LSU. Yeah. yeah. Auburn, you know. Insert top SEC team here, you know, like 
Oklahoma. Right. Like any other Big 12 team can't get cannot break through that barrier, but Oklahoma, as long as it's Oklahoma, it's okay. <laughs> right. You know, and like the Pac-12, like you you can just hear them like, you know, <sighs> okay, Oregon, we'll give you a shot. You know. Yeah. Here, here's Alabama. <laughs> they, get, they get smashed by Alabama. Like, right. see, we told you you're not good enough to be here. Yeah. <laughs> but that, but it, that's how it is. Like, it, it's the NCAA is so fucked in like how they do business, or not the NCAA, but the but college football is so fucked over in how it does its business. You know, with with. Even like before, like it, like with the BCS bowl games, it was unfair. Like there were a few times where I I can honestly say like a Big East team went to a BCS bowl game and there were teams that were far better that didn't. Yeah, you know, and they were from let. But the problem was Pitt we had an agreement with the BCS or not Pitt, but the, the Big East, and so they automatically get a their champion gets a bid to one of those games. Yeah, and I always felt like well. If the Big East team is like ranked 15th, and you're telling me you've got like you know Boise State who's undefeated and they're ranked ninth, Boise State should get that fucking slot, not that Big East team. Right. You know? Hmm. Now there were times though that I will say, you know. West Virginia, as much as I fucking hate West Virginia, they went into a couple of bowl games a few times, like as the Big East representative, and it was like, you know, nobody, nobody wants them here, you know, and they ended up, you know, hoisting up that Big East flag because, like, they they blew out Oklahoma one year, Um, I think they they blew out LSU another year, like it, it was like. They they went to like these bowl games like with a chip on their shoulder of like, fuck you, we're gonna show you how we play football. Yeah. You know. Is that during the Major Harris days? No, no, that would have been during the um uh Steve Slayton days. Mm. Patrick White, Pat White. Yeah, Pat White. Yeah, Pat White and Steve Slayton. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta wonder, like, I, like I, I look back, like, and you look at football, like NFL football today, mm. and what it's become, and how it's very spread, much like what college football is now. How would a guy like Cordell Stewart have done? How would a guy like Pat White do in the in the NFL today? Like Pat White was ten years too early, Cordell Stewart was twenty five years too early. Like, right. How would those guys have fared? in the NFL today because their their skills would have better translated to what the NFL is now as compared to what it was then. Yeah. You know? No, you're right. For sure. I don't know. I was thinking about Cordell Stewart the other day. Yeah, like, could you imagine – like him running a modern offense now? Yeah. Different story. Yeah. Like he, he didn't have the skills to compete in the NFL at that time. 
The NFL right. was not built for him. Right, right. But like in the modern NFL, the way the the game has evolved, like man, he would be a killer. Yeah, he'd be a beast. <clears throat> he would be. And the same for the same with a guy like Pat White. Like Pat White, I watched him play enough college football. Like I watched him torch Pitt enough, <laughs> you know, that yeah. I, like he he had. He was Kyler Murray before Kyler Murray, essentially. Yeah. You know, yeah. like he had those that he had all those skills. He he would have, but he he got in the NFL at a time when a guy of his size and with his skill set got killed. Right. You know, there were very few exceptions at that at that time. Like you know, Michael Vick was the exception to the rule. And even then, when he came, like, I mean, obviously he came back older, but, like, you know, he had to completely evolve his game into something else. You right. know, like. He was on fire when he first came in, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, as it, it, like, as much as I don't like Lamar Jackson, I know I harp on him, and part of it is because he's a raven, but the other part is I just, like, he's not, he's an extraordinarily talented athlete. And he's got an arm, but he's not the style of quarterback I would ever want. Right. Ever. Okay. I don't care if the guy wins a Super Bowl or not. He, I, I will go to my grave saying he's not the style of quarterback I ever want. Mm-hmm. Be, because, you know, of, of just that style. I just don't like it. Right. But, like, it, in my mind, a guy like that running the ball the way he does should only last three or four years. Right. But clearly the rules have changed to a point <laughs> and the and even though the hit, hits he takes sometimes you're kind of like, ooh, that, that's got to hurt. He doesn't take as many of them anymore. Right. Like, he could probably continue to play this, this style of football for another, you know, five to ten years. Because, mm. uh, you know, j- j- just because that's the way the NFL is designed. Yeah. Imagine Randall Cunningham in the modern NFL. (laughs) Randall boy. I mean, Randall evolved. Like again, like you look at these quarterbacks. Like I look at Randall Cunningham and like the Philadelphia Eagles version of Randall Cunningham could not survive the NFL at that time. He evolved and when he went to Minnesota. He became more of an athletic quarterback who could use his feet to get away and make a play. Right. You know, with his arm. But you know, Randall Cunningham, Randall Cunningham in Philadelphia was my guys aren't open. I'm running the football. And I'll just you know, but a, a quarterback like that can can thrive in the NFL today. Like Randall Cunningham in the modern NFL would be a stone cold killer. <laughs> right. You know. He would be. Yeah. Randall Cunningham. Yeah. The guy was a fucking highlight reel back in the day. <laughs> Warren Moon. <laughs> well, like, here's the thing. Like, okay, like the di- the difference in in that though is. Warren I was Moon. Just, I was just throwing the name out there. I, I know. Thinking. I know. 
but Warren Moon was like he was still built for the NFL of that time period. He's a pretty good quarterback. He's a really good quarterback. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, I know he played for for the Oilers and like I yeah, hated the Oilers, but I can't deny his talent for one fucking second. I mean, he was a like he was a drop back passer who had the ability to use his feet to move the pocket and get away from danger. Right. You know, he wasn't a running quarterback. Like people like, you know, uh, you know, he was a runner. No, he wasn't. No, you Warren Moon was not. He was he was a he was a pocket quarterback. He he, he was a thrower. You know? Yeah, but he could throw the ball, man. Oh yeah. Plus of the shit that he accomplished in the what CFL. Yeah. Before he even came to the NFL. Yeah, he, he won what four four Grey Cups. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good quarterback. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he he was a. I hated the Oilers too, though. Oh, I did. <laughs> Fucking all all the, the I used to love. Love like watching like the Oilers wide receivers would like start the game and then you could like watch them and they'd, they'd go up they'd put put like stretch out to make a catch and like Carnell Lake would just punish them for their insolence. <laughs> I know he would. You know like you yeah. so like by the time you got to the third quarter <laughs> they were no longer stretching out for those plays like they were like you know oh, it's got to be right here. <laughs> I couldn't get up there because they, it, it, what the term was like, I would call it like alligator arms where like, you, uh, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. they weren't reaching out because they didn't want to take the hit. Right. You know, like the, those Steelers defensive backs back in the day were just like, yeah, you were going to be punished for this. You know, <laughs> we ain't playing this game. Right. Uh, the Oilers. Oh. I'll never forget Chuck Knoll. Like, it, I think it was a it was a regular season game. I think I, I, no, it wasn't a playoff game. It was like the Steelers beat them, but like the Oilers were like taking like dirty shots at the end of the game and stuff. It was Jerry Glanville was the head coach, and like Chuck Knoll walked across the field and grabbed Glanville and was like giving them the business. <laughs> Really, I don't know. Like, like, like wagging his finger in his face, and Glanville's like trying to get away from him, and Chuck Knoll's like, "You motherfucker! <laughs> I will not stand for this bullshit." <laughs> I didn't take it from the Raiders. I'm not going to take it from you. Right, right. That's funny. Yeah. Oh, I'll never forget that. And Glanville's like, "What the fuck was wrong with Knoll? Like, like such an asshole." <laughs> All these years later, he still won't be like, I don't know what the fuck he was, old man. Uh, yeah, he's Chuck Noll. Oh, the Emperor. Emperor <laughs> Chaz. I like Coward, too. Yeah. I did. It was it's such a different. I I just just liked how Coward got emotional. When he started losing his shit, I just loved it, and the fans yeah. loved it. Fans loved when he lost his shit like that. Yeah, like I like I mean, there, there's that moment, and like he's talked about, like he kind of regrets it now, but at the time, like <laughs> it was like the end of a half, 
like the Steelers got like a kick blocked, I think. And the other team had 12 men on the field that wasn't called. And like <laughs> Cower ran out on the field with the, the Polaroid like that they take like like because it used to be like they would take like a Polaroid shot and it would print out on the sidelines like right before the snap of, yeah. of every snap. So like up high. So you like you, you can analyze it. And he takes the Polaroid of, of that that block kick with the 12 men on the field. He runs out and he's trying to show it to the official. And the official's like, you know, and he jams in the official's pocket and, t- and like pokes him in the chest and walks away. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> you tell him. You get him, Bill. <laughs> yeah. The fucking jaw would come out. Oh, oh, he's so fucking badass. It's such a stark difference between him and Tomlin. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, you see Tomlin get, you know, he gets pissed here and there, but nothing like fucking Gower did. <laughs> he just fucking chews somebody out. Oh, yeah. like Whether it's his own player or fucking, you know what I mean? Like, like Tom, Tom has this, like, this, like, <clears throat> he has a look. Yeah. Like if he gives you the look, you know, like, oh fuck, I'm in trouble, you know. <laughs> like with Cower, it was like, you know, chin, the chin's coming out, the spit's coming out of his mouth. You know, he's letting you know. Like with Tomlin, it would, it would just be like, you know, he's got this look of like, you know, yeah, that's bad. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. When we talking about that in the film. Yeah, but I even liked I even liked when Coward took it out on his players here and there. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, not took it out, but I mean if something did somebody fucking someone if someone did something fucking stupid, he's gonna fucking tell him about it. Don't oh, chew yeah. him out. I like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, it wasn't buddy buddy. It was like, fuck is wrong with you? You know what I mean? Like, right. He was like, he was like the epitome of a coach that. You know, except for when it came to Cordell Stewart. <laughs> I mean, he kissed Cordell. Yeah, yeah. Like, what the hell is that? Maybe Cower thought he had the he had, he had the quarterback of the future. Maybe a Cower was ahead of his time. No, he was. I mean, you know, there's no doubt about it. Like, I mean, they they the talent was there with Cordell Stewart. Yeah. It it, it it's just. And the NFL was not like what 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 they're basically doing now is a modified version of the run and shoot offense that Detroit tried to run and Houston tried to run in the late eighties and the early nineties. Yeah. Even a modified version that Detroit ran later on with with the Silver Streak offense, where they went three wide receivers, a tight end, and Barry Sanders. You know, right. like th- this is the style of offense that they were trying to run, spreading the field. But the problem is the rules of the NFL didn't allow an offense like that to flourish. Right. OK, so. When you look at when you look at it now, you know, what are they doing? They're running three and four wide receiver sets, you know, single back offenses. The fullback is is a joke anymore. You, most teams don't even carry one. And. You 
you're trying to spread the field out, put your quarterback in a shotgun, let him make his read, and go from there. Yeah. You know, which is what the run and shoot offense was back then. Yeah. It's just the problem was again, so Cordell Stewart should have been running a run and shoot offense. You know, with 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 semi rollouts, letting him read half the field and make his decision. Yeah. But the problem is, like the NFL, like the the rules of the NFL just didn't allow for that. Like, yeah. you know, it, the style <laughs> that style of offense got wide receivers killed. <laughs> you know, because it was open season and safeties back. Like you, 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 we talked about it, like with Troy Palmer, one last of his generation, Ed Reed, last of his generation, because they were just hard hitting motherfuckers. But that's what the NFL allowed you to do. The NFL allowed safeties to headhunt. Yeah. You know, you got you like if you were a wide receiver that went across the middle, you you were punished for your insolence because those guys would come up and lay you the fuck out. They wouldn't even think twice about it. Right. Like, so guys who went across the middle, like Michael Irvin, you, you know, salute. Cause at that time it, you were punished for it. Yeah. You know, and my, like guy like Michael Irvin made his living going across the middle. Cause he was big enough and bad enough to take that hit and keep on moving. Right. You know, so it's just off the defensive rules. This didn't allow for you to spread it out like that. Well, now, now that, you know, the, the defenseless receiver rule allows you to, you know, run games across the middle and these crosses and all this other shit that they do now because the safeties can't just lay you out like they used to. Yeah, you don't There's see no the fear of going into the middle of the field. Right, you just don't see that anymore. No. You don't see those hits. No. No, you never will. Hmm. Like, for better or worse. Like, I, right. I understand why they've been legislated out of the game. I, I honestly do. But at the same time, it's opened up the game to a certain extent that, like, it, it's hard to stop an offense. Right. Even a bad one, it's hard to stop because because right. there's no fear. Like, the middle of the field, there's no fear of playing in there now. Right. It's like telling a pitcher you can't throw inside. Yeah. Yeah. You know. All right. Well, let's dip our Tony old mailbag. All right. Mailbag. And as always, we start the good friend Superfan Thad. That already said, hello, my two favorite hosts who like to take the blue pill and show us your boners. Uh, no. I don't need a blue pill to show you my boner, my friend. <laughs> okay. What do you think of the fourth Matrix movie title, Matrix Resurrections? I did hear it's, it's supposed to be called Matrix Resurrections. So what, yeah. what do you think of that? Is that little two on the nose? I, you don't know. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I have low expectations. Yeah. So do I. Like I. Like, <laughs> I am not excited about this movie whatsoever. Right. That continues. I watched the little things on HBO Max. 
No, Sean, this is not a documentary about your penis. Wow. I'll, I'll, I'll send you those photos. Show you otherwise. <laughs> right. um, it was pretty good. I would recommend watching. Well, I do know um, I can state that Nancy watched that movie as well, and she really liked it. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, she's going to watch it. Because That's, uh, yeah, Jared Leto. Jared Leto, yeah. Yes. Like, you know, uh, Denzel Washington and Remy Malik as well. But, you know, all she needed to hear was Jared Leto, and she was in. Mm-hmm. Uh, that continues. Sean, I love your embarrassing moments. Who does not love a good fart? I fart all the time. I fart in bed. I fart in the store. I even fart in church. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I am farting right now. I, with the the amount of uh, the lushki you eat, I'm not surprised. <laughs> right. Speaking of lushki, we're coming up on that time of year. Yeah. Yeah. Fish fry season. Hopefully, hopefully we can have it this year. <clears throat> well, you know, interesting thing. Uh, I worked late last night, but um, they had fish last night. Oh yeah. Yeah, they had. <laughs> they called it a. They call it uh, a preview. <laughs> preview okay. night. Yeah. And I was like, okay, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but we, yeah, we had fish. Um, yeah, we had fish the other night. Or yeah, last night. Yeah. It was all right. Where'd you get it hey. from? Um, I got it from uh, Club Twenty Two. Okay. Yeah. They have a decent fish sandwich. Yeah. Their fish is good, and they have, um, they use uh, Mancini's bread. Oh. Like the hoagie rolls or Mancini's. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. I have to say. I mean, like, you put anything on a Mancini's bun, it's going to fucking taste like fucking. Yeah. Out of this world. But. Yeah. It's true. I mean, it's all. Oh, you're right. I, I agree. I mean, fish is fish. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. But the, I, I will say this much: I mean, you you can fuck up fish. Yeah, you, you can. Even a deep, a good, good, you know, fish fry fish, you can fuck it up. Yeah. I've gone to places where I'm like, yeah, that that's not worth the money. Yeah, but surprisingly, like, yeah, with this fish though, like I had to warm it back up. I warmed it up today for lunch. Yeah. And, uh, you know, most people put it in the oven. I just, I wanted it quick. So I just threw it in the microwave and actually the breading stayed on it. It didn't yeah. get real soggy or anything. So whatever they're breading with down there is a good breading mixture. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not, what I'm saying is it's not, uh, you know, it's not like a frozen pea. It's not like long John Silver's, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not that type of tempura type breading. I mean, it's just a yeah. regular bread, but whatever they're doing, it sticks to the fish very well. Yeah. Panko crumb. No, it's not panko. It's just, I don't, I don't, I don't know what it is. It's just good. Decent fish. No, there you go. Yeah. Um, Sean, I was hoping you would have told us you shit your pants. If that continues. No, no. Nothing like that. <laughs> I have a fart-sniffing dog. Every time I fart, he sticks his nose in my crotch. 
Oh, I'll bet you love that, you sick fuck. <laughs> Sean, I love how you told us you were waking up having wet dreams. What were you dreaming about? Were you dreaming about me? No, I was I was sweating because of the fucking comforter. Um, <laughs> but now <laughs> you've done it. I have to give the night ranger when you close your eyes do you dream dream about me yeah i don't remember that song you don't remember that one not a night no. ranger fan i mean to a certain extent but i don't remember that song oh for some reason maybe if i heard it oh i'm sure if you heard it properly you'd be like oh yeah i remember that <laughs> um i'm not gonna look it up i won't i won't I, I'll, I'll just leave you with my fine rendition Okay. Um, I'm not even going to get into this. I'm not going to get into King Kong and Godzilla's wieners. Okay. Rumor has it we are to expect a major Skywalker cameo on Vision. Get ready for an Ian McKellum as Magneto to show up. You heard it here first. Uh, I hope you are wrong. Yeah, I don't know. I hope it's Fastbender. That would make more sense. It would. But either way, like I, I'm, I'm certainly like. Actually, what would make the most sense would be uh. Xavier. Could you imagine Patrick Stewart showing up? On this show. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's going to happen, but could you imagine, like, the madness that would create? Like, like. Yeah, but it just doesn't fit to me. I get that, yeah. I, McAvoy seems more, it would fit better than, not McAvoy. McAvoy. Yeah, you're right, McAvoy, yeah. McAvoy. I thought I said McAvoy, I'm like, yeah. what the fuck are you doing? Um, that makes more sense to me, I think. Don't you? No. Why Xavier? Well, like, okay, so it's like, who's who's going to get into her mind? You see what I'm saying? Like, Xavier gets into her mind and and tries to stop this from happening, at, like, a, a la a, uh, you know. I know, I get what you're saying, but I, right. it just seems like... I don't know. I, no, I, I get it. Doesn't it. make sense that Patrick Stewart would come on versus the other, versus the other one. But Patrick Stewart would be the old man Xavier. Yeah. I don't know. Like either way, like either way, I mean, either either one of them showing up would be like, oh shit, I can't believe they went there. But yeah. you know, they might have to. Yeah, but Pat Pat yeah. Stew would be amazing. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I love Patrick Stewart. Yeah. But he's become very Kirkish to me with the X-Men films. I get that, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, 
don't get me wrong, I loved loved him in Wolverine. Yeah. And, and I thought, but it made sense, right? I mean, that that role made sense where yeah. he was at. Right. Like, in another X-Men film, though, I, or, a mar- or a film, I, I don't think, and it just doesn't fit right now. Right. I get what you're saying. I'm not denying that. But at the same time, there, there's a little part of me, like, I don't think it's, I, like, I don't think that's what it's going to be. Like, I'm just right. like, you know, if we're going to go batshit crazy, let's go completely batshit crazy and bring in Patrick Stewart to be Xavier, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I get it. It's just, I, I know I'm just thinking about more of the future of the franchise and I just don't want, like, when they redo, when they do, um, the X-Men, I don't want Patrick Stewart anywhere near it. Right. Neither do I. I don't, but I don't want McAvoy anywhere near it either. Yeah. I want a completely fresh start. I want to, you know, I know in some way, somehow you have to link, you know, via the multiverse, the Fox X-Men movies. I get that. And that's where Evan Peters comes in. But I only want, you know, but at the end of the day, when you want, when you finally decide to bring in mutants to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you have to start completely fresh with a new Xavier. You think? Yeah. Okay, I'm curious. Yeah, because like Matt McAvoy represents like the younger version of Xavier. Yeah. You know. Unless. And, yeah, I, I get your point. Yeah, but and then that would bring and, and, and Patrick Stewart tough. as well. I just yeah, and it's tough because like, I sit there and I say to myself like, man, I love McAvoy as Xavier. Yeah. You know, and plus it's just it's fucking McAvoy. You know, right. But at the same time, there's a part of me that's just like, yeah, I think you just got to, like, you know, start completely fresh. <laughs> I don't know who you do it with. Well, we're going to have also, too, you know, we're talking about Deadpool coming into the fold. Yeah. But, right? Yeah. Okay. So, Deadpool coming into the fold. What else does that bring in? That also brings in, yeah, Colossus as well, which should be good if they do them right. And they they did them sort of right in Deadpool. I felt something could have been better. I mean, it could have been better. He's a little hacky, but it was still good to see Colossus. Yeah, yeah I mean, he, he's playing the <clears throat> straight man to. Right, but he, he's like too uptight. Right, yeah, you're right. You know, but yeah, you, you were definitely right there. But um, you know, so I, I don't know. There's a lot of what ifs. You know, what I mean? yeah. like there's a lot of stuff out there that. Yeah, like I don't know how you bring in Deadpool to the Marvel Cinematic Universe based upon like all the crazy shit. Like, <laughs> you know, especially the fourth wall. Yeah. You're going to have to eliminate it. Or no, you don't. Because, again, Deadpool's the only one who knows he's in a movie. <laughs> right. No, I know. But, but like, it, it's that I mean, just imagine like, Endgame with Deadpool in it. Yeah. You're, the fuck? It's not going to happen. Yeah. But at the same time, like, you know, you go back to Deadpool 1. He, he's like, you know, I'm going to take you to see the is like, I want to take you to see the professor. And he's like, Stuart or McAvoy, I get, I get this confused, you know. 
Right. And then in X2, like, you have the moment where, like, like you see all the X-Men behind the door, and it's, like, you know, it's McAvoy's Xavier. It, it's the, the first-class X-Men version. And they mm-hmm. kind of, like, close the door so he can't see them, you know. So, I mean, they've established that that's, like, the X-Men he's around. But at the right. same time, there's, like, a little part of me that's, like, you know, you're saying you're bringing in Deadpool to the cinematic universe. And I'm intrigued to see how you fucking pull that shit off. Yeah, I I know, and that's the whole yeah. thing. It's like, I don't. I mean, as soon as he breaks the fourth wall, he owns the movie. Right. Does that make sense? Like he owns that movie. I mean, that's it's now a Deadpool movie, pretty much. Right. Even if it's for a couple scenes, it's still that's what people are going to take away. Can you imagine if he was fighting Thanos, and like Thanos broke his back and threw him up against the, you know what I mean? And then he looks up and. Says something fucking stupid. What would you have remembered from Endgame? Not fucking Scarlet Witch pretty much tearing him the fuck apart or Cap Cap picking up the hammer. It would be fucking Deadpool's fucking dumbass Ryan Reynolds joke. (laughs) Tell him. No, I I don't think so. Yeah, I think, I don't know if the fourth wall, I mean, I get the fourth wall and I understand that it's Deadpool and 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 I get it. But I think when you put it in that kind of cinema, doesn't work. It well, works no, you're in a right. Deadpool like, movie, it, it, and it might, it, it might work in a Spider-Man movie, but the fourth wall comedy just doesn't hit right on a Secret Wars. Do you know what right. I mean? Or no, like I, I would, I'll freely admit that no, it it, it would have gone over like a fart in a church because of the seriousness of what was taking place. Correct. In that finale. So you're right. Like, no, it, it doesn't work where it would be. I, I don't think it would steal anything from Cap, Lifton, Mjolnir or, or Scarlet Witch or, or Captain Marvel or any, any of that other stuff that took place, like, like that you do remember and you go, Oh shit, that was, that was the stuff. Like, I, I think it would be like a, you know, what made them think that that would work kind of thing. Right. You know, and you'd forget but about it because. But that's the struggle, right? Where does he right. fit in? He right. doesn't. That, that is the struggle. And I think you're right. Like I think like in a Spider-Man movie, he does work. But the problem is, is Sony going to let that shit fly? <laughs> right. Sony's like, we ain't doing this. You're not bringing that motherfucker into our universe. Right. You know. So, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, like it, it, he he's the conundrum. Yeah, I would like to see. It'd be funny to see him in the suits, though. In that kind of scenario, <laughs> like Deadpool's in his suit, and there's Spider-Man in his suit, and yeah. Daredevil in his suit. And, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, like something stupid comes out of Daredevil's. I mean, uh, Deadpool's mouth. Yeah, like Deadpool is the conundrum. Like, and I get why. Like. Marvel and Disney are like, well, we're going to make another movie. We're going to let it be R. We're going to figure out a way to put it in the cinematic universe. I, I get why you'd think that way, but like at the same time, like, who doge? You know? Yeah, because it's a different animal, right? It, it's a completely different animal. Yeah, like, it doesn't even really work in like the X Men universe. Like, I know they tried to kind of shoehorn it in a little bit, but it really doesn't work in the X Men universe. Like, it, it's like Deadpool's his own thing all by himself. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like yeah. they've created this character that is 
it's he's his own entity. Yeah. I mean, it's his own movie. It's his own comic. It, yeah. Things happen that just don't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, the look of the movies, the feel of the movies, like everything about them is like anti MCU. Right. You know, and like I mean, and I I'm not even saying that from like like the rated R standpoint of it. It's just everything else about it doesn't feel like it fits. Like well, what? Yeah, like anything? Does anything fit from their uh, Deadpool one or two in the universe? No, not really. Just going to the X Mansion. Yeah. But I mean, like even that, like I said, like I mean, it, they shoehorned in a little bit, but like overall, like it really doesn't fit into the X Men universe of Fox. Right, right. I know. You know, it is its own entity, its own whatever. <laughs> right. You know. Um, so. Not saying that I don't enjoy Deadpool. No, I do. I very much do. <laughs> um. Thad continues, it's time for America's new, new, new favorite segment, What is Tim's Wiener Up To? This week, Tim sent me a picture of his wiener, and boy, you will never guess what he did. Tim took his wiener out to PetSmart. Boy, his little wiener was happy. Then he got close to the puppy bin. All the puppies started, no, yuck. Even as an entendre, I'm not going into all that. Um... When is this, okay. like 1950? They don't have fucking puppy bins anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got the Daisy Hill puppy farm. <laughs> right. It's not like you walk up to your local pet shop and there's puppies in the window. Yeah. Okay, time to go. I'm getting ready to play Dress Up with Platypus. I'm dressing as Wanda and she'll be Vision. Yeah. No, no. No, I don't want those pictures. <laughs> and next up, we have uh, a write-in from our good friend, the Mongoose. Good friend, Anthony, all the way in Ireland. Nice. Happy birthday to him, by the way. Happy birthday to him. He had one. Yeah. Pretty some, sure. Yeah. He writes in, hey, Sean and Ian. Very hey. quick write-in is there is nothing to report. We are in lockdown, so only essential places are open, and you can't travel further than five kilometers from your home. Wow. But we are still getting our highest death rates, so that's working out well. <laughs> I read you that. Can't, yeah. You can't travel for, further than five kilometers, which is like 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 seven miles from your house. Uh-huh. That's crazy. Their death rate's outrageous, though. Yeah, I understand that, but like, like holy shit. Like I can't imagine. Like I, like I'm I'm all for like you know social distancing and everything, but like that's like like crazy. Yeah, it you is. Know? I mean, unless you can pinpoint targets of mass infection. Yeah. You know what I mean? And isolate like, within within the seven mile radius or whatever. Which is in like which is apparently all of Ireland. <laughs> right. You know. But yeah, still, like, yeah. I, I, I mean, like a travel restriction like that surprises the fuck out of me because, like, 
as, as much as like I, I hate like the anti-mask people and and all that other stuff, like even I would be like, you know, what do you mean I can't only travel seven miles? <laughs> hey, Nancy yeah. works fifteen miles from home. No. Yeah. No way. There's no way that's 15 miles. Yeah. Get out of here. Really? Yeah. Huh. Maybe it is. Yeah. That seems like a long way away. It doesn't. It doesn't. Like, I, I, I used to feel the same, like, about my drive like it's like 15 miles man it's a long time but really it's like a it's like a half hour drive yeah 40 minute drive depending on the traffic so like for her it's like a half hour drive right you know it's like nancy couldn't go to work all right um you continue so anyway congratulations on your milestone 400 episodes what a great achievement and thanks for sticking with it as it provides us listeners a break from the shite each week listening to your nerdy goodness. <laughs> well, it's been our pleasure. A few things. Wonder Woman 1984 was a bit shit, really. Best part was the Linda Carter cameo. Worst part, 10 minutes of showing us Wonder Woman can fly. I do agree. Like, that went on way too fucking long. Yeah, way too long. Way too fucking long. And I thought that in the... I was pretty disappointed with the mall scene. Yeah, we, we discussed that. Yeah. Cobra Kai. I <laughs> hate this fucking piece of shit. And yes, I know I'm alone in this opinion. Okay. Three episodes is all I could stomach. <laughs> More cheese generated in this than hobo than in a hobo bukkake party. Wow. Wow. Where did that come from? That's a lot of cheese, my friend. You're a dirty scoundrel. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit snacks. Um I like cheese. <laughs> But the Johnny thing is like Bon Jovi wrote the script based upon songs that were too cheesy to make an album. He's down on his luck. We get it. I just can't. <laughs> Start calling him Tony the Despicable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, a hobo bukkake party. Now Thad's like, what? Hmm. <laughs> Wow. wow. It's like <laughs> Was it the other guys? The the hobos were having an orgy in his car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> like, when they found it. Yeah. Yeah. They were making this. It's called making a stew. <laughs> so I can't remember how the fuck. I... <laughs> Don't you remember they drove by once in the yeah. movie? Yeah. <laughs> I want to have sex in that car. <laughs> yeah. Um. Watch the first season of Westworld, and goddamn, that's some good shit. 
<laughs> it was. I mean, I, I can't deny. It. I I still have to watch the third season. I never got around to it. Like I think it's just nervousness of like getting away from what it was. Yeah, you know. Uh, Anthony continues. I watched the first two episodes of The Stand. Very impressive so far. The jumping timeline does takes a bit of getting used to, but it's all good. And Heather be thy name, sweet Jesus in heaven. <laughs> I'm right there with you, my friend. I am right there with you. <laughs> Um, the, the, I, I will tell you the jumping timeline does stop, like they eventually just stop that shit. Yeah. Um, but like it didn't. Like, once you figured it out, like I was like, okay, this is what they're doing. But like, once you get to like episode four, I think it pretty much stops. Yeah. Because like they're all in Colorado and in Vegas. Um, and that's it. And he says, "See ya, Ant." Well, thank you for the writing, my friend. Thank you for your opinions. Yeah, um, I, 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 well, I understand your dislike of the hobo bukkake party that is Cobra Kai. Um, I love every moment of it. <laughs> it's my kind of cheese, my friend. Nice. It's Velveeta. <laughs> well, that's it. That's all we got. Anything you like to add to the proceedings there, sir? No, man, I'm good. All right, well, remember there are a number of different ways you can reach out and touch us. Uh, you can send us an email like these fine folks have. An email address is pittsburghnerd at yahoo.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search <clears throat> Pittsburgh Nerd. We're very easy to find. And uh, you can also find us on uh, a couple, actually three different podcasting networks. You can find us on the Tangent Bound Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, and the Pod Network. <clears throat> Uh, just give them a Google search, and you can find all the other great podcasts they have to offer. And lastly, as always, we want to thank you, dear listener, uh, for checking us out each and every week, enjoying our hijinks and or shenanigans. And uh, can't thank you enough for, for the support. <laughs> it makes my heart go thump, thump. <laughs> Sometimes thump, thump, thump. Nice. Which isn't healthy. <laughs> so then on that <clears throat> note, the dreamer has awakened. Peace. Peace.